No one's focusing on it should be a choice. And why is that? The reason the mainstream media is not talking about it being a choice is because they don't want there to be a choice. And there is a push to take body autonomy away. And body autonomy is the most basic of liberty. It's the Mm -hmm. most basic that once anyone has access to your body in any way that they choose to, we're Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off. With Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray True, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Hello. How you doing, Rayleigh? So good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Awesome. I just uh, I went out to dinner last night at a Euros Greek place, and it's the only you? place. Yeah, yeah. I love Greek food. I love Euros. I love that place. It's great. But here's the thing. The reason I went to this particular Greek place is because they have a dish that I've been looking for forever. Like even in Seattle, there was one place in Seattle that had it. And finally I found a place that had it. It's called Saganaki. It's like, what is it? It's flaming cheese. No kidding. Yeah. So they have cheese and I think they fry it and it's like a slab of cheese, right? Yeah. Of course you wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. So they fry it and then they bring it out and they pour booze on it. And they light it up and then wow. they put it out with a lime or lemon. All right. See, we have to put that in our cookbook. I, I know it's flaming cheese. So my favorite things, fire, cheese, and alcohol, bam, all in <laughs> one. And it was awesome. I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. So yeah, it was good dinner. I was like excited. There was a band that was playing there. I'm like, that's cool. It was like a bar slash restaurant, but it was really cool. I had a good time and was hanging out with my buddy, Josh and you know, his family. And it was, it was cool. I'm glad we all kind of met up there. It worked out really nice. All right, Raylene, are you ready for the show? I am so excited about this. Okay. So it is the mission of the free thought project to foster the creation and expansion of liberty minded solutions to modern day tyrannical oppression. They feel that the internet has given way to a revolution of consciousness by providing for the massive and instantaneous exchange of information across the globe. The Free Thought Project was founded in 2013 by Jason Bassler and Matt Agarist, who became Free Thought LLC and are the sole owners of it. Bassler and Agarist have been activists for more than a decade and have been working in alternate media now for years. The rest of the team consists of highly experienced journalists and content creators from all different backgrounds, and their family spreads from California to New York. All right, Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast it off with Jason Bassler! to the show, Mr. Bachelor. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, I think we're gonna have a good time. 
Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Rock and roll, man. So the Free Thought Project, I mean, a lot of libertarians have heard of the Free State Project, and I think you're, is that like a play on the Free State Project? Uh, not particularly. That wasn't in our mind, at least when we were creating the name. So nice. There's a, uh, yeah, there's some overlap there for sure, though. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So what are some of the topics you and your team at the Free Thought Project focus in on? And of those issues, which one is the most important to you? So um, we cover mostly police accountability, government accountability issues. We try to also work in foreign policy, uh, drug war news, pretty much anything involving the state and our freedoms, liberties. But we're particularly big on accountability and transparency. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also the founder of Police the Police. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that yes. as well. Hell yes, we are. Okay, we good. are. <laughs> Always love hearing that. Um, so I, I'd say as of right now, anyway, that's kind of our main focus. And specifically because those types of stories generally include video. They're easy to verify and validate. We've been getting hit pretty hard by the censors um, mm-hmm. across different social media platforms. So uh, we've kind of had to take a little bit of a step back, just try to focus on stories that we know are provable and uh, have plenty of documentation behind them. Right on that. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I also have noticed that you guys have been doing a lot of the police stuff. Do you think that focusing so heavily on police violence is actually bringing people who never question the authority, uh, people from both sides of the regular parties or or the, the just the regular general populace. Do you think that because of all the videos, because of the just incessant cop videos of sexual violence against uh, people that they're arresting and children and tackling kids that are special needs, shooting them, explosives being thrown in windows, do you think that this massive amount of information about the police is waking people up to the abuses of the rest of the government? Great question. Um, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword, to be completely honest. I would would love to say that, yes, 100%, that's exactly what's happening. But I feel like a lot of people who are paying attention, particularly Mm -hmm. libertarians, it might be actually doing the opposite, where it's desensitizing them a bit. And it's actually less effective in that sense because yes i mean on a daily basis there's a plethora of stories and videos that we could choose mm-hmm. to, to cover and we generally put out about three stories a day on the flip side though i would like to believe that people who aren't paying attention as much the constant barrage of these stories has to open their eyes right like they have to be seeing multiple outlets, not just us covering these types of stories and start to kind of scratch their head and and wonder what's going on here. And I think that's kind of where we like to take aim and and try to believe anyway, that that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that's been, you know, more or less our focus. And I mean, let's be honest, a viral video has done more to change the the landscape of law enforcement and and specific uh, states and cities. Yeah. And incremental reform ever has, you know, so that makes sense. I feel like that's, yeah, that's one of our greatest tools and allies right now is the the videos that do tend to go viral. Yeah, it's the iPhones, people with the iPhones, quick, take a video, you know? Yep. So regards to journalism, you know, we've obviously, there's a lot of news out there, the mainstream news that, you know, obviously ignores certain things and uh, tends to focus in more on the bread and circus of politics. Uh, what is wrong with journalism today and who actually owns the journalists? 
Yeah, that's a, another good question. So um, I think it's safe to say that all news and information exchange has a bias. Sometimes it won't be as obvious or as overt mm-hmm. as um, other particular accounts, but I think it's safe to say that smaller independent alternative media companies are doing this out of an interest of activism, trying to spread awareness and transparency. Whereas you look at some of the bigger conglomerates uh, like mainstream media, and that's kind of a broad brush, Mm -hmm. but they have less incentive to focus on particular types of information that challenge the establishment. Mm-hmm. They also don't want to upset their sponsors. A right, lot of times right. we know that's big, big pharma, Word. big industries. So, and also local news also has its own issues because, you know, they have relations with their police departments. They get information, they get tips uh, from their police departments. And so a lot of times they're just going to repeat the narrative that the police department puts out there and puts forth because they don't want to challenge that. They don't want to get on the bad side. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny to me. A lot of times, you know, we'll go on Reddit and post a Free Thought Project link, and people are consistently, you know, downvoting and saying that it's like fake news and yeah, an organization that's not legitimate or whatever. But they're at the same time posting all these mainstream media links and, and local news links. And <laughs> don't don't get me wrong; they're not a hundred percent of the time wrong. The mainstream media and the local news, but you got to take a step back and look at their incentives, you know, right. and who's funding them, where their money's coming from. I think before you do that, you're not going to really understand the full picture. And it's kind of real quick railing before you jump in. Sure. But it's kind of like, you know, a dog chasing its tail because, again, you know, you have these companies who are owned by are in bed with the government, you know, and they're in the practice of crony capitalism. So it's in their best interest to perpetuate the system because they're getting paid and that's how they get paid. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like what what came first, the chicken or the egg? How, how do we change it? You know, that's the ultimate question is, you know, how do we discredit these industries uh, or the media in itself? Newspaper, you know, Fox, NBC, CBS, MSLSD, all those, you know, like how do we discredit them? Discredit themselves. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> I, I think we were the main uh, the alternative media, the independent media was doing a really good job of that prior to the 2016 election. In fact, so much so that, you know, this is me putting on my tinfoil hat here, mm-hmm. but so much so that they kind of had to figure out a way to reestablish that that power, that legitimacy. And I think that's where we started to see a lot of this uh, censorship come into play. I mean, there was some before, but it got even more predominant after the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point now, as you guys know, most social media networks, at least the bigger ones, you really have to be really mindful of what you're posting. Um, they'll hit you with fact checking. You know, they'll discredit you. They'll smear mm-hmm. your name. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's it's become even more challenging than ever. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm here to say that I'm actually very impressed at what big names in our industry are posting your links and and sharing your content uh, unabashedly, which really is showing to me that that you are more trusted than mainstream media now that they don't feel like they have to validate that you're a, a credible source. You are doing that for yourselves. So congratulations on that. That's a big deal. Thank you. Um, yeah. 
I was going to say you've been known to post about hackers and whistleblowers to keep your readers in the loop. What's the most interesting thing you've ever reported on that came from hackers? And are they starting to become the most reliable sources of information? Are whistleblowers going to be the breakers of things like Watergate in our future? It, that's all kind of comes down to who has the control of the narrative. And unfortunately, the mainstream media kind of still has that. Mm-hmm. And, e- and even us, you know, a lot of times we'll resort back to sourcing at least a mainstream or local news uh, link just to give it an air of credibility, even though mm-hmm. the words that we're actually using to cover the story are biased towards liberty, peace and accountability. So, yeah, that's that's a, a good point and interesting uh, question uh, as far as the actual hacker types of leads or stories. God, you know, we've covered so many. I can't think of one off the top of my head. That's a <laughs> such a broad question. So, yeah, I, don't I know, know a couple of broads a, uh, answer for that. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, can I jump in here and, and just sure. tag on? No, to no, this no, one? no, totally. Thanks. I, so this is funny. Is Pizzagate real? But what are your thoughts on the Podesta emails? Um, all that stuff, there's so much nuance, you know, it, it's hard, you know, and, and we've become even more after all, all this censorship, we've been even more critical of a lot of the conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us to not spread misinformation to try to be as thorough and rigorous as we can when approaching these topics. Because let's face it, like, yes, there's a small percentage of us who are questioning the official story questioning authority, mm-hmm. but still a large amount of the public, what I call normies, are still clinging on to the you know mainstream media versions of the events and, and narratives. Mm-hmm. So I think in an attempt to kind of win them over, we still do need to be, we can't be loose-lipped, you know, we can't be mealy-mouthed with our words. We have to be very precise. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh, one of those topics that are kind of loaded. You know, it's it's definitely there. Is, I'd say without a doubt, elite pedophile rings and stuff of that nature, for sure. I mean, we've been covering it for years now, whether yeah, it yeah, be, yeah. you know, higher up ranks in the military or politicians or police who are the worst when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But it does happen and it would be hard pressed to believe that it doesn't happen at the upper, upper echelons of society like name politicians that we all know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Regards to like spreading the ideas of libertarianism, freedom, it's kind of a generic question or vanilla, but at the same time, I think it's important because we all have different viewpoints on this, but what is the best tactic in regards to spreading the message of liberty? I mean, is it through politics? Is it through media, like websites such as yours? And do you have a problem with like people in the libertarian party? I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? So, we personally take the winning over hearts and minds strategy and approach. Mm. We don't necessarily believe in the political route. I would probably classify myself more as a voluntarist than a libertarian, although I'm you know, firmly grounded in my libertarian principles, but I've kind of given up on the whole idea of the state voting, uh, incrementalism, trying to change in that sense. So um, I, I do believe there is a place for it, just like I do believe that there's a place for boots on the ground uh, protests and having that visual representation representation of people who actually believe the same way you do. Right. But for us, I've always felt like it's most effective winning the info war online because that's where most people are, especially the younger generation. 
And as of now, the, the mainstream has taken a, a stronghold over that. So, but I, I do believe that I wouldn't uh, discredit or, or badmouth or knock anybody who believes that voting libertarian or even third party at this point mm-hmm. is a way to make some change. It's just for me personally, I, I don't think that you could reform a cancer. You know, you can't uh, cure cancer. With <laughs> That's cancer. right. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, I've done my fair share of protesting as well, making signs, standing on street corners. And it, it was only a certain amount of, I think, about a year of doing that where I realized that I could probably reach maybe two or 3,000 people standing on a, a street corner for a couple hours. Or I could try to make posts that resonate with people, memes, videos, articles online that reach up to, you know, 100,000 people, sometimes more, sure. sometimes yeah. less. Yeah, beautiful. So how satisfying is it for the free thought project to have been posting about things like chemtrails and that kind of conspiracy that uh, so many people laughed at, right? And now with the recent admission by mainstream media that the Bill Gates Foundation is using aerosol sprays to dim the sun and third party testing is finding aluminum, barium and strontium in the trees, which are from these sprays. How validating is it that there's actual mainstream media proof that chemtrails are real? It's, uh, you know, we give ourselves a pat on the back, but I guess it's about as far as it goes, because, you know, once again, the, the mainstream kind of... They still don't want to believe you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we still have people consistently, you know, on Reddit or Facebook calling us conspiracy theorists. And it's like, well, you're, you're pointing at these chemtrail articles that we posted. And yet here's like two or three from mainstream sources calling it ge- geoengineering, you know, and of course, they're saying it's going to combat climate change, but one way or another it's happening you know so and Absolutely. yeah i mean it, it it's it's a good it's a good feeling in the sense that at least we could use that against our haters and um you know and same thing with the epstein story we mm-hmm. covering that back in 2016 and now it seems like everybody's finally catching up while uh you know abc's covering up the story and uh trying to push it away you know and, and cbs right. mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be yeah the legitimate source of information and news while we were covering this story back in 2016. Yeah, I I remember. Yeah, but here's the thing, like in regards to these things, like when we actually talk about it, it's always like four or five years later, maybe even 10, 15 years later. Like, so for example, like there's a lot of- 9-11. Yeah, like you have 9-11, right? So like if if there was some truth to the people who are like 9-11 was an inside job, right? If there was some truth in that, it would happen at a point where Everyone involved was dead. It didn't matter anymore. And then it would come out. Oh, yeah, you've been lied to all this time. But no one, sure. nobody can be held accountable at that point because they're all dead. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, maybe it will come out. But like, would it surprise you if it was? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. I mean, well, even when they, they do release, let's say, the, the JFK files like they did, I think, in 2017. I mean, still huge parts of it are redacted, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to give us the full picture. And even if they do, like you had mentioned, it's just so far in the past now that this generation doesn't really care. They're not going to get up in arms about it. Yeah, exactly. But I I am hoping that eventually within the next like three or four years, maybe five, six, whatever it takes, that somebody from Facebook, a whistleblower from Facebook will come out and say, well, this is actually why you guys had your six million fans removed. It wasn't because of all the excuses. Sorry, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to cuss. No, you, yeah, you are. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> uh, not for all the excuses that they gave us and force fed us, you know, so that that's my hope. 
when it comes to this. I mean, that, that would prove a lot of our uh, critics wrong. Um, and even people who are within the alternative media who have told us that we were just uh, behaving inappropriately on Facebook and Twitter. And that's wow. why we had our you know pages taken down. Uh, that, that, well, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. 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 That's terrible, man. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're talking about uh, sharing about Epstein, okay, Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, what are your thoughts on this hashtag and this meme king? Everybody, I mean, normies are sharing Epstein didn't kill himself. How far? Uh, well, obviously, I think <laughs> yeah. I know how far you think this conspiracy actually goes. Let's just let's just just have a common understanding that we know how far this conspiracy probably actually goes. But what do you think will come of it? Are people going to see this one through? I mean, when the normies are posting this, is this bread and circus also, or is it going to go somewhere? It probably won't go too far, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. The normies are posting about it, which is always a good sign that you've you've done something right. And, and once again, it just proves that memes are more effective than the mainstream media or any type of other yes. information exchange. Holla. Yep. Um, and in fact, yeah, it, it's kind of nice now to see some of my friends and families who've been calling me crazy for years posting that stuff. I was like, well, I guess I'm not the only crazy one anymore. You know, yeah. you've jumped on board the conspiracy theory train as well. But um, this might be a bit of a shocker to you guys, but we actually didn't post too much. You know, we, we kind of uh, stayed on the the more modest side with that whole um, conspiracy theory. And I, I'm kind of divided, to be completely honest, because part of me says that, you know, obviously it makes sense that somebody did have the incentive to off Epstein. But at the same time, was it, it the Clintons? Was it the Clintons? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think at the same time, it does make sense to think, well, like, look, this guy knew he was in deep. He was a billionaire playboy who has probably never done a hard day's work in his life. And he's in a prison cell and he just couldn't hack it. You know, Uh, he Mm -hmm. couldn't actually look at the future and think that he's going to be accused of all these heinous acts and actually have to do the time for it. So uh, part of me, you know, wants to get on that conspiracy theory train. Uh, and push that narrative as well. But I feel like it might be somewhat irresponsible Irresponsible. because Mm -hmm. we don't know 100%. I wasn't there. You know, you weren't there. We don't know. Right. That's true. That's true. We do do have these different stories, you know. Broken cameras. Yeah. yeah, The cameras, the guards are being prosecuted now. So, I mean, things don't look like the official story is is completely 100% squeaky clean. But yeah, just a little, just trying to exercise some discernment there. Once again, because we've been slapped so hard with the censorship that, uh, you know, we kind of have to be really mindful now. Well, speaking of like social media and stuff like that and memes, you know, for example, which social network, in your opinion, is like the most valuable to you and your team? You know, I hate to say it, but it's Facebook. I mean, there's multiple reasons for that. The first one being that that's pretty much just where the conversation's happening nationwide. There's smaller platforms they don't have even close to the engagement or amount of users Um, i would love to talk about those other smaller platforms as well but this is where the normies are at Mm -hmm. facebook is where the people who need to understand the principles of liberty the people that need to have these seeds sprinkled so they could grow their own knowledge that's where the conversation's at so to us that's the battlefield you know we post on Pretty much every other social media platform you could think of but for us the, the most important one uh is facebook and then the other side of that is just because you know we are a website we are a business we are funded uh exclusively 
through ad revenue. So we do need clicks. And unfortunately, other platforms like Twitter, like Instagram, like these uh, the other ones, you know, that are, are big, not as big as Facebook, but they just don't push traffic. People do not click on links and read them. So sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 500 people. We had 500 people on the site. 490 of them are coming from Facebook. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, Rayleigh. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So why do you really believe things like MDMA and psilocybin mushrooms and the like are illegal, especially when they're being proven to cure things like anxiety, depression, PTSD? Is there a conspiracy? I believe there probably was. At this point, it's just so ingrained into the population through years of propaganda that they probably don't even think of it as being a conspiracy theory. But I think, yeah, absolutely. When the drug war started in 1972, you know, there was multiple reasons for that. One being that Richard Nixon was a, a racist, but another <laughs> one uh, was the expansion and growth of the corporate oligarchy that uh, has, you know, formed in front of our eyes and now is so powerful that no one dare attempt to take it down. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, I think as more and more states and cities do legalize these things, uh, such as cannabis and now mushrooms in some places, specifically California, that's how we're going to chip away from the chip away at the drug war because it's just such a um, right now moneymaker for all these uh, publicly funded institutions mm-hmm. that they have zero incentive to ever stop it, regardless of the outcry of the public. I'm with you. So, yeah. So, when I've read about a lot of the history of these drugs and after. I can see the truth in this. Raylene, don't mention that. Come on. <laughs> this, uh, this, and, and this, uh, the theory that the government, it, it's, there wasn't a lot of money to be made off of people with acid and, and psilocybin like there was cannabis. And that, and again, the racism of the, the cannabis and stuff and the things they were doing there. But um, that you end up doing these drugs, you can, you're more anti-government, you're harder to rein in, you have, you're more about connection with the fellow man, and it's harder to divide you from other people. Um, Do you think that, that the conspiracy could go to just the anti-government tendencies? Um, I don't know if it's that deep, although it wouldn't surprise me, but I do think it comes down to just the monopolization of pharmaceutical drugs. And, mm-hmm. you know, we see that we see uh, sure. cannabinol for marijuana, we see Adderall yeah. for meth. And so they've taken these specific types of street drugs and legalize them and give them a different name. And that's how, but it's okay you know, when it has a different cow. name. Yeah. It's okay yeah. when it has this name. I don't know. Yeah. It's all. Hey, make sure so you obvious, check out yeah. America's fastest growing number one pro Liberty radio program, free talk live. Free Talk Live. Raylene, how many nights a week? Seven nights a week. On 190 plus stations, coast to coast, and it's pro-liberty every issue, every time. So check out freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Anyways, though, this is Johnny Rocket with Raylene Lightheart, always launching ideas, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. So rock and roll. Hey, Johnny, what's up? That's so good. I haven't had any coffee this morning, and I ran out of my supply, and we just passed the last habitable planet in the Mesian sector. Oh, man. Wait, you have your own secret stash of coffee? What is it, a special blend or something? It's not a secret stash. I just have standards, okay? Oh, okay. Wait, what are they? Independence. What? 
Independence. Hmm, okay. Independence, my coffee is fearlessly independent. My coffee has no board members, no bank loans, no bullshit. Just blood, sweat, and tears, and no goddamn rulers. <laughs> well, I can always get behind independence, you know that, but it just seems a little over the top. It's just coffee. So, are you saying that you like your coffee like our messaging, which is bold? Damn, really. My coffee is my lifeblood. This coffee <laughs> believes that human beings are perfectly capable of rational self-government, and I can't fly this fucking ship without Okay, it. okay, calm down. Uh, oh, look, ground control's coming by. Oh, and Ben has coffee with him. Hey guys, Ground Control here. I just checked out anarchocoffee.com and they're having a special 10% off promotional discount for Blastoff supporters. On top of that, supporters get 15% off on our Blastoff brew. Anarcho Coffee will deliver to you no matter where you are in the galaxy. You guys want some? Here you go, Johnny. I heard this coffee is amazing. <sighs> okay, all right. This is the best coffee I have ever had. Wait, what about your special blend? I think I just found it. Wow. Well, and it says right here that Anarcho Coffee is organically farmed, it's ethically sourced, and roast to order. And it's not stored in some dirty warehouse for six months before you get it. It's fresh, it's rich, and it's independent. <laughs> Just like you wanted. And they take Bitcoin, too. Well, make sure you check out anarchocoffee.com forward slash blastoff. Again, that's anarchocoffee.com forward slash blastoff. It's self-governed caffeine. Stop Journey Rocket. I'm here with my Ray of Truth. This really light heart. Bam. Hey, hey, what a great show. Very, very cool. And we're here with Jason Bassler from the Free Thought Project. Bam. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully, you're having a good time. What we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically or philosophically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, That'd be badass. Mr. Bassler, are you ready to play? Rocket Fire. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Question one. What is your favorite NWA song and why? <laughs> oh, man, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> Straight out of Compton. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck the police. Nah, I don't you were going to say that. It's a loaded question, but I had to ask you that. All right. All right. Question two. How unique is libertarian morality and your thoughts on that? I I think it's the most unique out of all ideologies. It's the most morally consistent, uh, philosophically consistent. So, yeah, I think that's our upper ground. I think we have the moral high ground when it comes to our, our principles and philosophy. All right. Rock and roll. Question three. Have you ever converted a police officer to the side of liberty? Um, according to our police to police inbox, yeah. You know, we have had some uh, also former military for sure. You know, the, the bootlickers are hard to really challenge because they're so indoctrinated and so hard-headed with their views. But I, I believe it has happened, yeah. Wow. All right, question four. Is it true that more prisons are being built than schools? And what is that telling us about the nation and about the state? You know, I think I made a meme about this one time and got called out. So I, I don't think that's accurate. It might be. I'd have to double check on Google. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, because after all, we have the highest prison population in the history of the world here in the United mm -hmm. States, mm -hmm. USSA. Right on, USSA. I love it. All right, question five. What do you think most Americans think about the NSA surveillance, national security, 
and privacy. I think they don't think about it. I think they, they try their best nice. to ignore the issue, fortunately. Really? Okay, cool. Question six. Historically, when there's been a notable significant revolution to overthrow a standing government, does the military typically defend the government or join the revolutionists? I think in very, very rare cases and examples, the the police will actually put down their uh, weapons and join the side of the people. But uh, as as we all know, police are the enforcers for the political class. So that rarely happens. Right on, man. Question seven. What is the media most likely not to be too critical of? Hollywood elite, uh, elite in general. Um, you know, they do nitpick here and there with politicians. And of course, political games are rife and rampant. But uh, yeah, I would say the the Hollywood elite, the pedo gate, all the pedophiles and whatnot, it seems like, as we know from the past couple months here, that's something they don't want to talk about. Interesting, because they'll lose money. Their friends are funding them. All right, question eight. Sure. What is the one must-know fact about big government today? It is funded by extracted, extorted tax dollars, and it produces a monopoly that has no incentive to be accountable, efficient, or effective. Right on, man. Question nine. What are the issues, in your opinion, that plague the libertarian movement? Uh, in fighting, not enough help and support with each other, uh, a little too competitive. Competition's a good thing. I appreciate competition, but not in the sense when we're trying to win hearts and minds. And I feel like that's probably uh, the biggest problem, unfortunately. All right, man. Question 10. Does libertarianism seem to favor the rich on the surface? And how are we not messaging right? Uh, absolutely not. No, libertarian applies actually to the greatest minority of all, the individual. So, no, and I hate that misnomer, that cliche that um, only libertarians care about the rich and they hate the poor. I feel like that's uh, totally inaccurate. And I, I forgot the last question. What was it? Oh, and then how come we're not messaging? Is it is that part of the problem is our messaging is wrong because we say we like capitalism. Right. But then half the time, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're capitalist, but it's not crony capitalism. So it's always like we have to, you know, maybe explain ourselves. And then finally people go, oh, OK, I get what you're saying. You know, I think what it is, is that, um, you know, obviously we're brought into adulthood through public indoctrination camps called public schools. Yes. And we as libertarians tend to be the people who think outside of the box. We tend to be more critical thinkers about these issues. And so when we try to explain this stuff to other people, they kind of don't get the full picture. It takes a while to get from one to 10 with the full picture. That's true. Yeah. Libertarianism. And so I think we tend to get frustrated. We end up uh, sometimes losing our temper and calling people names mm -hmm. or telling them they're not intelligent. Uh, or whatever, and instead of trying to to validate their opinion while asking them questions so they can question their own beliefs. So I think that's probably, yeah, if I had to answer, that's, that's one. All right, that's Rocket Fire. Give it up for Jason Batchelor. Bam. Awesome job. Anyways, so this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas here at Blast Off, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Rock and roll. 
It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Well, I got a shotgun and a bottle and a four-wheel drive. I live in a trick truck and a down double wide. We'll get out and all the way down the white church, American man. Bring a DVR in, I'll talk just as loud as I can. Talking to Jason Bassler from the Free Thought Project. Thank you so much for being here, sir. It's awesome. Good job on that rocket bar, too. I mean, I don't know if they were hard or not, but I thought they were kind of interesting. You have a different perspective, so I figured I'd get that information from you. Sure, no, it was fun. All right, rock and roll. Raylene, take right. it away. All right, Jason. Congratulations on being a new dad. Uh, is this your first? This is, yeah. Man, that's, that's so cool. exciting. Uh, yeah, I have five kids and I would keep having them if I could afford it. Raylene I love them. does not have, she she has a platoon. She doesn't have just five kids because then she not only has just her kids, but she has every kid in the neighborhood over at her house. It's so true. it's it's more than just five kids. Yeah, Johnny calls and there's always like kids. I'm like, oh, I'm babysitting. I have a toddler or I have this yeah, all the time. I love it. Kids are geniuses. They're brilliant. Uh, I unschool actually. So it's like a passion of mine. But um, anyway, so what have you reported on over the years that you'd want other new parents to research and consider for their children? This is long and deep. I might can follow up questions. <laughs> uh, no, you know, the, the vac- vaccine topic is, is very loaded and there's a lot of nuance there. But I would say probably just doing your due diligence when it comes to vaccinating your children and know what you're putting into their bodies. There's certainly a ton of social pressure, and especially in the past oh, three months or so when the mainstream media took, um, took aim at the anti-vaccine community. <laughs> So I would say that's probably the most important. And also just question like, you know, if it's something that's mandatory and it's your health, your body, your child's health and body, Mm -hmm. um, you should probably ask why that's the case. And I suggest that it's not always due to public health or safety. Beautiful. Good point. And I'm going to jump in here and I'm not going to say anything bad, right? I promise. But I just have that point to make. And I think it's just, you know, regardless of whatever your opinion is on vaccines, 
I'm going to have to say, I believe in just the freedom to choose. You right. know, if, if you want Absolutely. to, you know, to me, that's the biggest thing that we're kind of not looking at. It's just the I- idea of the freedom to choose. If you want to do it, and if you want to research and find out if you want to give your kids vaccines, in regardless if you like them or not, mm-hmm. then you should have the choice. But you're right. As soon as something becomes mandatory, and, and as I've been researching this more and more, one thing I have been finding out is we don't know all the synergistic effects when you have, you know, all these different vaccines that there's no way of possibly, you know, studying the outcomes or the effects with all these different combinations, mm-hmm. right? Like if this, mm-hmm. if this vaccine with this vaccine, maybe that causes a problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not just this one vaccine. It could be this vaccine with this vaccine. And, and they've never this, all been tested on the schedule as is. They've never you done can't, it. Right. You can't do it. You know, so that's the point mm-hmm. I have to say is, yeah, it's been tested individually, but we don't know necessarily enough information. All I'm saying is just we should have the freedom to choose and we should be able to do our own research. And if your kids are vaccinated and the other kid isn't, well, how is that going to hurt anyone? Right. The really cool thing that you said, Johnny, and I think that, and this is all I'm going to say about this, is that what you said is right, is no one's focusing on it should be a choice. And why is that? Why is the the, the, the reason the mainstream media is not talking about it being a choice is because they don't want there to be a choice. And there is a push to take body autonomy away. And body autonomy is the most basic of liberty. It's the Mm -hmm. most basic that once anyone has access to your body in any way that they choose to, we're excuse my language. So um, anyway, I I really love the Free Thought Project because they do uh, report on using CDC information, using government information, reports on the efficacy and counters the mainstream narrative of vaccinations, which I really appreciate, um, especially considering that Google, uh, Facebook and other internet entities are hiding and shadow banning um, any information concerning ingredient safety and injuries. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it as a, as a viewer, listener, and, and someone who shares your information. What about homeschooling, uh, public school, private school, unschooling? Where, where are you at on that, Jason? That's a good question. I mean, um, that's something my partner and I still need to kind of finalize as far as what our plans are you have time that. But, um, yeah he's only three months so we got some time but he hasn't been vaccinated at all Beautiful. and um yeah and i know that at least in california that are there is a requirement for um some vaccines before they go into public school so i, I don't think i'd ever want to put my child into a public school anyway mm-hmm. i've also heard some private schools that's a requirement they actually made it even for homeschool. They're doing it to Californians. They're they're going to be pushing to do it to the homeschoolers. Um, the new bills coming out in California are extremely oppressive, and they are actually taking all the rights from parents and their physicians to give medical exemptions. That they need to put any exemption in front of a board, and the board that works for the state to decide whether or not your child should have to get them, even if their siblings have had injuries of seizures and, and things like that in the past. Yeah, and that kind of just highlights the kangaroo court nature of the state, especially mm-hmm. when providing law and law enforcement, because, you know, there's never going to be anybody who's accountable um, within that structure because Mm -hmm. these agents are agents of the state. So of course they already have a built-in bias. Uh, There's a huge conflict of interest there. It is. Uh, Same thing could be said with police accountability, you know, Mm -hmm. 
uh, they're going into these ports that are also owned by the state. So mm-hmm. and investigating themselves. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a monopoly, you know. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much why I'm a, a hardcore advocate for the free market because we can actually decentralize some of this stuff and make yep. it less corrupt. Mm-hmm. Get incentive based. Um, if people aren't happy with their local law enforcement, they can buy they a new one. For them. Absolutely. Right. So uh, yep. people get kind of turned off by that idea of privatization. But as far as I'm concerned, that's the only legitimate solution. It is because actually you can watch the police. And if they're doing stuff that is unethical or immoral, guess what? You can not hire them. And that's yeah. the fairest thing. I, like they actually have a vested interest in doing their job. And speaking so, of law enforcement, you know, yeah. what are some of the things that you would suggest when dealing with law enforcement, like actually getting pulled over by a cop or getting searched? I, mean, I was just going to ask that too. About yeah, your, like, like raising are, your what, kids. What are you going to teach your kids? Yeah. yeah. Like what are some of the things to do and what are some of the things not to do? And how do you, you know, keep, how do we keep ourselves safe from the cops? Because I mean, do we talk? Do we not talk? What, what line do we cross? You know, great question. How, how do you respond to a police officer who is pulling you over for a broken taillight that wants to put, you know, charges against you because you have a pipe in your car or a marijuana right. pipe? You know, like, wh- you know, what do you do at this point? Yeah. Um, well, I would suggest first and foremost, turning your dash camera around or breaking out your phone and filming the entire interaction. That way there's accountability and transparency with both parties. Um, obviously tell the, the officer that that's something that you're doing. Sometimes that will immediately change their demeanor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll get even more aggressive. But my, my good friend, Dale Brown, who is uh, the founder of the Detroit Threat Management Center, which more or less is a private police organization. He doesn't like the word private, but he once told me that the way he deals with police as soon as he gets to a situation or if they're coming at him is that he immediately displays an understanding of their authority. And once you do that, once you give them that feeling to appease their ego, that they are the boss in charge of this situation, mm-hmm. then most of the time they're much easier to interact with. And then at that point you could start asking the hard questions. But I would say with that being said, I would say that, try to speak as as little as possible. Uh, A lot of times when police are pulling you over, they are fishing for you Mm -hmm. to say something wrong, to stutter, to maybe be a little nervous. uh, And then they're going to use that justification to either try to pull you out of the car, which never consents any searches of your vehicle or person, or bring in the canine, which we know uh, majority of the time actually create false uh, alerts. Mm -hmm. And they use that justification to violate your Fourth Amendment. Make sure you, you're filming, though. I think that's the most important thing, because if not, it's their word against yours. Um, be firm, but polite. Um, if you know, obviously, all these rules don't apply if you're a First Amendment auditor, which God bless those people. God bless them. <laughs> right. But otherwise, yeah, I think just uh, try to establish the fact that you know your rights, that you know the law, that you will hold them accountable, get names, badge numbers. Uh, even ask for a business card. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you really want to be proactive with being safe, I've heard taking your keys out of your vehicle, putting them on the roof of your car, putting both hands on the steering wheel at 10 and 2, mm-hmm. asking for permission to make any type of movement. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, police 
brutality and violence affects everybody, but it seems like majority of the time, or at least a, a higher percentage of the time, it, it's uh, minorities. So mm -hmm. those people in particular need to be mindful of how to deal with these people who, let's face it, they probably went into that profession because they have a bone to pick with society. They were bullied in high school or they right. want to be the bully now. They have They're psychopaths. Yeah, unfortunately, I hate to say that. I hate to use such a broad uh, brush, you know, to to um, paint these people under that that picture. But I've seen more than my share of videos and wrote. Mm -hmm. well, I haven't written any, but I've read my more than enough articles to know that that's more or less the case. Mm -hmm. You know, they they want to prove that they're uh, in control. They want subservience, and sometimes that matters more than actually enforcing the law or your knowledge of the law. Yeah. One more thing, mm -hmm. a follow up though. You didn't say what not to do. Like what, what, what don't you do? Like what's the worst thing you can do? Yeah. I mean, just challenging them. I, not honestly, I've seen more people have their rights violated, have to uh, go to the hospital, even sometimes be killed just because you're, um, you know, not subservient you're not bowing down to their authority. So I think if you could at least put forth that, attitude that you respect you know their authority then Puke. you're gonna you're gonna go further in the conversation and eventually you know because because they want to escalate things mm -hmm. not subservient they will escalate it until you back down they want to be in control so um i would say that's yeah i think that's probably it oh uh, is there an right app on, right on I know there's an ACLU app uh, that you can use to film the police that'll upload it directly to a cloud, which uh, we've all probably read articles and seen videos where cops will take your phones um, and try to delete videos. That does happen. Is there a, a better app or is there a better way to make sure that you're able to film the police and, and not have anybody be able to tamper with that? Good question. Yeah, I know there's been a handful of them over the years. I'm not even sure if the ACLU, last time I, I heard and checked that they had so many people who had downloaded that, that they had like a backlog of mm. responses. And so they weren't actually even able to help people who are currently being mistreated by the police. But I would say just because Facebook does do some things right, like live. video being one of them, I would mm -hmm. say probably go Facebook live. And that way, not only... Are you streaming and having it saved to the cloud? But then everybody on your friends list is going to be able to spread the word, share the information. And if, even if they're close by, maybe even show up to the scene and, and film and help you out. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Cause that, yeah. And that's the good thing about having libertarians as friends on Facebook, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> be like that guy, that guy. I don't know. But no, that's, that's a good idea though. Facebook live. I mean, yeah, you're right, Raylene. There was that police watching app that you can watch and it automatically downloads to the cloud. Mm -hmm. But if everyone's doing it, I mean, isn't that frightening? Isn't this a frightening you know? situation that, that, uh, it's happening so often everywhere that we can't even get it together. But the Facebook, again, everybody has it. It's one of those things where I, I hate Facebook. I can't wait for us all to leave, but you have to wait for the critical mass. You have to wait for the mass exodus, um, because that is where everybody's getting their information. And we are trying to reach people outside of our normal circles, right? That's true. Yeah, that's very well, true. We could certainly facilitate that process by using smaller platforms like Minds, Minds. like MeWe, like Flow.app. 
steam it for sure. I mean, I post on all those every day. And of course there's not like a huge response. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mine has like a total of 3 million users, maybe a little bit more by now, but I mean, we had like a 3 million Facebook fan page, you know, so it just goes to show how you're still going to go back on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. But, um, at least by posting to those every day, we are creating the conversation and hopefully eventually we could kind of move over to those other platforms. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. And the king will fall. I mean, Facebook will eventually fall and it's just a matter of time. Well, you know, like yeah. Microsoft obviously had a big fall years back. But again, it's just a matter of time before the king falls oh. and then there will be another platform. And again, unfortunately, we're probably going to be back in the same position because then that Facebook, that new Facebook, that new social media outlet will then therefore become corrupt and then get bought out by the government and then spy on people. I mean, the whole <laughs> nine, man. So... Yeah. I don't know. So, so Raylene. Yeah. You have a question? Or you I got did one more? one more. So this okay. is a great way to end the show. Uh, your, your website has an entire section singled out for and called solutions. Um, can you give our listeners a few places they can focus their attention to make changes now? And why do you have this on your website? I think like we were talking about earlier in the show, the, the solutions are to kind of reestablish um, some of our presence and, and what was once dominance within the news information paradigm. Uh, Without doing that, we're just not going to have the legitimacy or critical mass to reach enough people. So to me, and of course, I have a a bias being in that industry and dealing with uh, major censorship. Mm -hmm. To me, that seems like one of the most important um, steps that we could take. And there was one other part of the question. I'm sorry. So you're talking about places to focus your attention, which is great. And why did you add the solutions to your website in its own spot? Is it to keep people positive and to be able to see positive stories of things changing so they don't get too down on themselves? Is that where we're at now? Yeah, I mean, that that was a big part of it. We were often being told that uh, the, we weren't talking enough about the solutions. And to me, that's kind of a subjective mm-hmm. um, question, you know, because we all learn a lot of this information at different times, uh, different, you know, aspects. Absolutely. At our own pace. So it's kind of up to you as an individual to take on this information, to educate yourself. Age of information, ignorance is a choice. Mm-hmm. So to me, it just seems to make sense. And, and then you go from there and put forth the effort because knowledge is one thing, but if we're not putting that into action, then we're never going to make change. So I think each one of us as individuals that we are have a role to play, but that's not going to be a generic answer for every single person. You know, you have to do what you think you're good at, something that you enjoy, because if it's not something you're passionate about or it's not something you enjoy, then there's a good chance you're not going to give it your all or put your heart into it. So you kind of have to find that uh, on your own. You have to recognize that there's a problem first and foremost. Um, for me, my target specific subject was the police side of things, the police accountability. I love it. But mm-hmm. There's so many other aspects of our country of within government and social phenomenons that we need to start talking about. And that's uh, right. And also focus be, on it. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you, man. As George Clinton once said, to not know is bad. To wish not to know is even worse. <laughs> All right, Rayleigh, prepare for landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seatbelts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. 
anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Jason, give us your dot com, sir. Freethoughtproject.com. Rock and roll. That's the free thought project, right? Yes, sir. All right, rock and roll. Hey, man, thank you so much for being here on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. I'll rock and roll. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket and Raylene Lightheart always launching ideas from the launch pad. And she's at base one. I'm on the Martian outpost. <laughs> but as always, be cool, keep it safe, and rock and roll. See you next week. Let's have fun, let's go.